The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. It is another edition of our Around the Clock with 24-7 Sports series. And man, so excited because this is a familiar voice to Cover 3 listeners. Back on the show once again, it is Rusty Mansell from Dogs247. You can follow him on Twitter at Mansell247. Rusty, busy, busy time of year. We've got in-going, outgoing, camps all over the place. Before I start the timer on this Around the Clock series, how are you doing uh, here at at this point in the season doing good man still cover three still my go-to podcast i know barton's probably in a different world right now doing camps but you know in atlanta man it's it's crazy every weekend every day uh, i'm going to a friday there's a seven on seven 64 teams in georgia i'm going to camp tomorrow almost 1100 kids there so i mean it's happening and popping in georgia for sure all right i am going to set 15 minutes on the clock also before i do so if you are a Georgia fan and for some reason not following Rusty or subscribe to Dogs 247, go and do that right now because the little nuggets that you get all along the way keep you in touch with what's happening with the top players in the country. Georgia has more talent than anybody else in the country. They're always in the mix for the biggest players, and those races are so intense. And so a VIP subscription, if you're a Georgia fan and, and not uh, dialed in there, you're doing it wrong. Today, Rusty, though, we'll be talking about uh, a little bit of the past and most of the present, 15 minutes on the clock, and go. I think that most of college football lost track of the Georgia Bulldogs last year. You know, you lose two out of three, and everybody else checks out. They drop out of the top ten from the national championship picture. What did you see from the Bulldogs coming down the stretch those last couple games? Obviously, JT Daniels is a big part of it, but what did you see from that team, that coaching staff, and that program at the end of the season when everybody else kind of took their attention elsewhere? I got settled down. There was so much talk about the Alabama game, the offseason out Georgia at Alabama, how big a game that that was. Can Georgia hold off Florida? They jump all over Florida with 14 to nothing, mm-hmm. wind up losing that game. Florida's got a ton of momentum. And you see a team that teams that went in two different directions the last quarter of the season. Florida beat Georgia head to head. I mean, it was, it was, they were the better team, no question about it. But the way the thing ended, I thought Georgia got a little bit, you were correct there, uh, kind of pushed to the side a little bit, but they found something. They settled. 
They got comfortable. They got into a setting where JT Daniels was the guy. Uh, they, they, they built the offense around him. He got more comfortable. You see Cincinnati, who was a hell of a football team. I don't think people realized how good Cincinnati was. I know Georgia staff was extremely worried about that game. They had to go all the way down to the wire to beat them uh, in a New Year's Day six bowl. So the way Georgia finished off the season and you, with JT Daniels, I think, coming into, coming into this year, all the momentum now kind of back with Georgia. I read all the preseason mags, listen to cover three. Uh, the Bulldogs get a lot of pub on here on cover three. So uh, right now, Georgia is deserving of that. But come August, it's it's everybody's on an even slate. So the Todd Monk and Matt Luke marriage, do you think that that's working out? And it would it be wrong to guess that maybe some of the reasons that the offense took a while to go. You know, you didn't have the full offseason going into it with yeah. the quarterbacks, you know, changeover all over the place. I mean, look, the whole fiasco at quarterback at Georgia last year was a bad situation. They couldn't get it dialed in right. They had two or three different guys. You go with the mailman. You know, I said this yesterday, Georgia was leading Alabama at halftime with Stetson Bennett. I mean, I don't think people realize that, but, you know, they got boat raced that second half, but – I think they got settled in. Matt Luke, what a job he's done having to replace Sam Pittman, the beloved Sam Pittman for the Georgia fan base. And I think Matt Luke's done a really good job. They got some guys back, but Todd Monk and not having a spring, not having to be able to in, and install some of those things they, they do with him, it takes a while. And I, one thing I've heard from, from people within that staff and players on that staff is that offense is pretty complex. It is a very detailed pro uh, language offense, it takes a while, but once they got the hang of it, I think you saw some of the fruits of the labor as the season wore on. Is, there, uh, is the offensive line ready to be a strength once again? Because you lose a couple of NFL players, and it seems like with coming out of spring, there's a lot of some question marks on where the pieces are going to fit together, but the, the talent, I mean, like if we look at the 24-7 total talent composites, it's all there. Yeah. Uh, what's your sense? Experience. They need experience, and I and I and I look at that Clemson game, and you start talking about Miles Murphy, Xavier Thomas, Brian Breesy, and those guys inside. I think Georgia's fine there, and I think Tate Ratledge is a budding superstar. Uh, this pushing Justin Schaefer, a senior that came back. Uh, Jamari Salyer, Warren Erickson, they got some guys inside. The question is going to be left tackle. Is it going to be a Marius Mims? Five-star. Is it going to be Broderick Jones? Five-star. Is it going to be Xavier Trust, a young man out of Rhode Island? So the left tackle position that was vacated by Andrew Thomas, a top five pick from the Giants two years ago, now they got to get that position settled because I'm telling you right now, uh, they're going to open up with an extremely talented team, and I think Miles Murphy is one of the most underrated players in college football. I know he, the Clemson defense gets a lot of pub. Miles Murphy, I saw him two weeks ago at a spring game in Georgia. Oh, my goodness, he looked ready to roll. For the pass catchers uh, part of this conversation, Eric Gilbert yeah. transferring into the program. Um, yeah. The talent's right there. I mean, he could step in and totally change the way that defenses have to defend this Georgia offense. George Pickens goes down with the ACL injury and so many other wide receivers, just Knicks and Knacks, like kind of banged up along the way through the spring. What's the what, what's the sense of that wide receiver room in terms of like, what's the competition like between those guys? What's the conversation like? Because there are balls in this offense that are there to be had if, if someone wants to step up and be an alpha. Well, here's, here's one thing that's not getting enough mention. Arian Smith, who, oh, by the way, just goes and starts running track four weeks ago. He runs a 10 10 And, oh, by the way, just qualified for the NCAA finals this week in Oregon. 
He ran a 10, 10 hundred. This is a football player running track, not vice versa. Uh, you look at Darnell Washington, six foot seven. You look at uh, Marcus Rosemey Jackson, who's coming back from injury in that Florida game. He's good to go. Can they get Dominique Blaylock back? Jermaine Burton, extremely talented football player. Demetrius Robertson, seems like Demetrius Robertson played on the 1980 National Championship team. This guy has been there forever, uh, but he can fly as well. So you take all those, and they were missing that guy on the edge. When you lose George Pickens, the guy that can just go get it, I was looking at some comparisons. At the Nike Open in high school, George Pickens ran 4.71 with like a 34-inch vertical jump. You look at Eric Gilbert, he ran a 4.72 with like a 35-inch vertical jump and a 6.5 frame. So for Georgia fans, best-case scenario, if you're not going to have George Pickens, you better get Eric Gilbert. When he was available, Georgia went out and got him. So, look, he was in, he's been in Georgia. He's been in Athens for a week, start school today. Or tomorrow, I think. So when you look at that situation, you put Eric Gilbert on the outside in this offense, and Georgia's plug and play right now. So the Eric Gilbert news came hand in hand with Darian Kendrick. Uh, all all news that you, your reporting was all on top of, and and hope we gave you the the proper credits all along Man, the way. That was the fa- that was literally the two fastest things, and 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 I knew I was in touch with Eric's mom the whole time, and I was not going to break that story until Eric Gilbert pulled into that parking lot. Now, I was talking to other sources with Darian Kendrick in South Carolina. He was supposed to leave that morning, didn't leave until afternoon. I'm thinking, okay, I've waited this long. When he pulls in town or he gets 100% to go, and then Eric Gilbert, it was like 13 minutes apart. That was a that was a definitely wild uh, afternoon, but certainly was glad to be on top of both of those stories. And the answer that Kendrick brings to the one biggest question about the defensive side of the ball is, I mean, if you're a Georgia fan, I don't know who else from the transfer portal or anybody else you could have asked for more than the former five star from Clemson. No, there wasn't another option. Not for what Georgia needed. Need somebody has. Number one, he started 29 games at Clemson. Number two, he's played in massive games. National Championship, he's played Alabama, he's played Ohio State, he's played Notre Dame, he's played them all, Texas A&M. You needed a guy that the moment was not going to be too big because there was a void there on experience. Now, they got some talent, but there was definitely a big-time void at corner uh, left when Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes both went to the NFL. So Darian Kendrick was a huge piece. I know Eric Gilbert's a big deal. But when all said and done, if Georgia has that ultimate year, I want to go back in January and come all the way back to this moment and see how much and how valuable Darian Kendrick was to this program because I think that was the piece that Kirby Smart could not miss on, and that was a corner of his 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 level and experience because there wasn't anyone like that, in my opinion, in the in the portal. And Kirby, with all I mean, what former DB coach, right? I mean, he's yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he, he knows who he wants. And, yeah. and Will Muschamp. And here's another thing I, I kind of found out later on: Will Muschamp recruited him hard. He was a South Carolina. There was a prior relationship with those guys. He's from Rock Point, South Carolina. He came over here in high school, played wide receiver in high school, played wide receiver in the All American Bowl. Uh, tore Buford up over here in high school, who was a national powerhouse. And that was my first experience with him. Clemson flips him over the defensive side. So when you look at Darian Kendrick, when all said and done, I think that's going to be possibly the biggest piece of the puzzle that Kirby Smart added this offseason. Is it too lazy to assume that Georgia's going to be a lead up front? Because I, I can I can look at the standard that has been set, and I can look at what Jordan Davis, who I don't know could play on Sundays. You know, Jalen Carter had a tremendous freshman season. Julian Rochester, like then we've got like Devon Walker. Oh, like Nolan Smith. You know, maybe could be having a breakout season. Is it is it lazy for me to think that Georgia's going to be fine up front? No, they're 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 there. I mean, when you look at bodies, athleticism. 
when you look at the front seven, Quay Walker at linebacker, Nicobe Dean at linebacker, those guys in behind them, Georgia has got question marks. And I don't care who you are. You got question marks in that secondary. You're trying to plug in place. But when you walk up and you look at that front four and those linebackers, those are those are dudes. I mean, flat out dudes. Adam Anderson's a guy that I was told in some some combine testing. He ran a four four for Georgia. You know, he he's getting all the you know kind of the comparison. Barkevius Mingo, the old LSU first mm-hmm. round for that pick. I mean, here's Adam. I watched him in high school. He ran the hundred. He ran the four by one relay. Um, and, and this is a guy that can absolutely fly off the edge. So you look at Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, Jalen Carter. All, Devontae White came back. That was the one that surprised me. Devontae White, third or fourth round grade, he comes back. So up front for Georgia, you got to be excited. That secondary is going to is going to call you some gray hairs and some and a few more drinks in the pregame tailgates. All right. So expectations. Uh, I think it's fascinating because in the last ten years, the Bulldogs are one in four in SEC championship games, which means on one hand, you've made half of the SEC championship games in that time, and in 2012 yeah. and 2018, we're talking about razor thin margins and maybe being able to win, but. It's also one in four in SEC championship games. How do you set the expectations for this Georgia team? Here's 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 the the uh, here's the pro Georgia side of that. Kirby Smart going into year six, mm-hmm. uh, play for the national championship. He's won a Sugar Bowl. He's won a Rose Bowl. He's won an SEC championship. He's won a New Year's Day six. He's played in those uh, SEC championship games. He's got to win in December. He's got to win in Mercedes Benz. That's the next step for Georgia. I think inside the Georgia family, you know, the outside media perception, they got to win a national championship. Georgia fans know you got to win in Mercedes Benz, and then you have the chance to go on and whatever in January. So I think for Georgia, Kirby Smart, it's Alabama. You've got to get that. You've got to pull that off of yeah. your shoulder. You've got to – literally, that is the elephant in the room. You've got to beat – um, you've got to beat Alabama. And, and uh, so w- with Kirby Smart, I think he is he has created the expectations of a national championship. They haven't won it. It's well documented in 1980. But as a Georgia fan, you can look yourself in the mirror and go, you know what? We've got a chance. We've got to win in December. I think that's the next big step. Uh, the, the Jimmies and Joes are there. They're plug and place pieces. i tell you what. I've covered these guys, and Chip, when you see this team walk in compared to where Georgia was in 2014, 2015, which I had some guys, but from one man to number 85 on the roster, there's not a lot of difference in Georgia and any other other team. They just got to win in that building in December. That is such a great look at the – inside perspective because it's the we're gonna say national championship you know like i'm gonna I'm pick i'm gonna pick georgia to win the sec i'll go ahead and tell you right now but the the next piece doesn't even seem to matter to like the true georgia fans the ones that have been in it through all of these years of, of being one of the iconic programs of college football huh yeah they've got they've got a win in december that it's alabama and i wouldn't necessarily say it's like infatuation with alabama it's got you've got to win the sec because now you realize if you win that game, and they almost won the national championship by winning the SEC, and oh, by the way, they got beat by another team who didn't make it. Right. So uh, you've just got to win that game, and, and then you would have the confidence to say, you know what, we've conquered that. We'll go play anybody. going to be some really good teams. I've been digging. I know we're not talking about them. I've been digging a little more. I'm really starting to bite that Oklahoma like maybe. I looked at some key pieces on them. So you look down the line, but for Georgia, they go no further. If they can handle their business in the East, all Georgia fans that I know are completely focused. We got to win in December in that building, no matter who's on the other sideline. 
a few uh, few minutes left here. Do you think that is there a spot on the schedule that you have circled beyond uh, Jacksonville against the Gators? That is, oh, and Clemson. Okay, so let's let's take those two, which could determine what you know whether you could play for the playoffs or not. But the Clemson game does not de- determine the SEC championship. Are there any situational spots, sandwich spots, road trips, anything that gives you any any pause or concern? I mean, you look at Georgia's schedule, and I hear Georgia fans go, "Man, our home schedule is so boring." Um, you know, Tennessee's kind of down. South Carolina, new coaching chains. Auburn, you know, a whole new staff. I mean. It just really – Georgia should handle business. Now, Clemson and Florida are the two games where they could line up and they can – they guess both of them have Jimmy's and Joe's. I think for Georgia, the big perception in this Clemson game is it, it, it's fascinating, that game. So, if Georgia beats them, what's the national media start saying about Clemson? Wait a minute, they've lost three big games in a row now mm-hmm. when out, outside the ACC. If they beat Georgia, it's like, well, here we are, beating SEC teams again. So, it's going to be a lot of twisting and turning – off of that game. Because if Clemson loses that, you can bet the rest of everybody else is going to remind them, y'all have lost again in another big game, and that's three in a row. So you look at Clemson and that Georgia game, it's going to be a perception. It's not going to knock either team out, I don't think. Uh, but it's certainly if Georgia loses that, they've got to run the table to get into it, uh, to national championship. Maybe if they undefeated and they lose a close one, say, to Bama, they might be able to get in as an at-large. So I think Georgia should be a clear favorite in every game, that Clemson game. I think they're a little bit of an underdog right now, if I'm correct. Uh, but other than that, they should control their own destiny, handle business, and we'll see who's on that west sideline, which I anticipate will be Alabama. But it doesn't look like the same Alabama as before. You're going to get them. Well, everybody's falling for that. You know, <laughs> yeah. here's, the thing, here's the thing, and I'm probably going to hurt some, some Georgia feelings. Man, I spent a week with Bryce Young. And I stood in the huddle with Bryce Young for three days at practice. And I let, I remember telling Barton at the hotel, I was like, Barton, this dude is this dude is freaky. And he is small. He is small. But I'm telling you right now, he's got a rocket arm. He's absorbed the game so quick, that offense. And I'm not calling other kids out, but I've seen kids struggle out there. And I've seen some of those things translating. They struggle other places. Bryce Young came, Jake Fromm was one, Tua was one. They picked it up just like that, and those kids were ready to play immediately. Bryce Young, um, you know, if you're not an Alabama fan, it's probably not good news because that guy that guy is the real deal, and I expect him to have a very big season in Tuscaloosa. That is our time. He is Rusty Mansell. You can follow him on Twitter at Mansell247. Dogs247 is where you can go. Again, if you are a Georgia fan, the – the pipeline of talent, the the trips, the visits, what's going on in all these camps, all of it's there, all the bites, everything that you need. It's all there, Dogs247. Go and sign up for a VIP subscription if you are a Georgia fan. Rusty, as always, thank you very much. Appreciate it, my man. Perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, 
Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul. The designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. 